So hello and uh, good morning. Sending warm greetings from a rainy morning at the Forest Refuge. Um, So hoping to offer, along with Oren, some teachings this month to support you. Wherever you are, and however you are, um, and just to to acknowledge uh, this uh, situation we find ourselves in um, at present in the world, and. Just acknowledging that, how it's changing our lives and yeah, um, giving us many uh, challenges and opportunities. And uh, as Oren was saying yesterday, for us as Dhamma practitioners, there's always, isn't there? There's always the invitation to see how can this be our practice. Yeah, how can we bring our Dharma practice into these conditions? Because maybe in some ways the practice is always the same, even though conditions change. So I hope through this offering and uh, the other offerings from Oren and I this month that you will feel encouraged in your practice and may that be for your benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. So one of my uh, motivations for Uh, offering teachings in this way this month is I wanted to be in the hall, in the Dhamma Hall, here at the Forest Refuge where you cannot be at the moment, which is a a great, great sadness in in my heart. Um, And so very much the hope that you find your Dhamma Hall wherever you are, but that also through these talks, through hearing my voice and speaking now to an empty hall. (laughs) It's quite strange. I guess it's always empty, (laughs) understood in one way, Um, but empty in another way now. And yet in my heart, I feel that sense of reaching out and feeling that sense of connection, of togetherness, of other practitioners, some of some of faces from people who've been here, and a sense of imagining you here, 
Um, or sometimes over the recent days, I've imagined the whole world, the whole earth is now our Dhamma hall. And we're all together practicing somewhere in that vast hall. So um, perhaps um, you have been experiencing some form of disorientation or uh, other kinds of effects of uh, the uh, situation that we're working with. Um, I'm aware that I'm in a way speaking to so many conditions and effects and, and maybe it's it's different for each of us depending on our our situation and our tendencies um, but certainly I've been feeling a lot of disorientation a kind of destabilization a kind of sense of beginning to try and find my sea legs which is an image you know I don't know if you get that it's like you're set out on this boat on a voyage and the boat is moving and it's a very different way for the body to find balance and and you learn you you find your sea legs and then apparently well I've had this maybe you have after even a short period on a boat getting back on dry land it's it's like that's disorientating there's a kind of re having to refine uh, the the balance in in those conditions. So hoping that we can find our sea legs in these changing, sometimes tumultuous <coughs> conditions. So as we find our way um, and settling into a month of practice together, however your um, uh, however you are uh, understanding or um, framing your practice at present, again depending on the conditions. Um, I hope that there can be this invitation to really allow allow the teachings and the practice to to orient us right to help us give us some ground some direction some reference reference points because certainly in my own process, the last uh, three weeks or so, particularly seeing how I can get swept away when I orient too much around the changing, the conditions or the suffering and the distress, the waves of different feeling and so on. 
So I'm hoping for myself and also for you that in our, in our, in our different ways, in whatever way feels appropriate for you, we can practice uh, orienting, orientating around the teachings, the teachings of the Buddha, other teachings, and really putting them into practice. And that that, that then becomes a way that we, we can find some steady in it, steadiness, find, find our sea legs. So today I would like to offer some reflections on uh, the refuges and the precepts which Oren mentioned yesterday as, as two themes we can reflect on a little bit or a lot um, to, to help us again to um, remember and strengthen some of the foundations, supports in our practice. But first of all, I thought at this point I would kind of pause and kind of shift mode a little bit into more like a short guided meditation. So again, feeling free if you want to shift your posture or just get a little bit more settled or comfortable in whatever posture you're in. And just for a a few minutes, I'd like to offer um, just some, a way, one way of perhaps steadying ourselves. It's a a practice I found um, first in a book on uh, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy for depression. It's called the three-minute breathing space. Perhaps some of you are aware of it. And then this um, kind of version of that that I want to share, which has this wonderful acronym. Um, So it has four kind of uh, movements or uh, aspects to it. The first is uh, stop. The second is acknowledge. The third is focus, and the fourth is expand. So that's the first letter of those words, spells safe. So it kind of chimes in a little bit with this theme of, of refuge. So I'm going to go through them slowly and just guide us a little bit in, in this that actually can be a very brief, just a few minutes when you pause at some point during your day, or it can be a longer uh, meditation. Each each piece can be kind of dwelled with really for quite quite a while, deepening into that. Um, so for you to play with uh, if, if it feels helpful. But just for right now, Stopping, stop, pause, 
allowing the body to be still. So this in itself, in the in the movement and momentums of the day, whether we're on sort of full retreat or full on life or somewhere in between, you know, there's momentums of activity. It can be with us. So the sense of just stopping, pausing, maybe taking a few deeper breaths. And on the out breath, settling just a little bit more into allowing the body to rest on the on the chair, on the cushion, on the floor. Aware of us pausing from physical activity. And allowing the body to rest. And again, you know, in a longer meditation, you could stay with just this piece for quite a while, just inviting, inviting, waiting patiently. But also in an immediate way, when you feel the body the body begins to be a little more still, at least posturally. And then we can move to A, acknowledge. How are you? How is it in your experience right now? What do you feel? So just very, very gently, very gently using the stillness, relative stillness of the body as a basis. And just to open or even just very gently begin to kind of tune into a sense of receptivity. And some degree of willingness to to be present, to be receptive to what our experience actually is right now as it's affecting us, as it's touching the heart, as it's affecting the body. Yeah, so again, not not forcing, not rushing, just, oh. You know, again, depending on conditions, it can be important to, again, gradually just suggesting, you know, maybe we could begin to be receptive to our experience. Maybe we could begin to imagine what it would be like to allow awareness to begin to know know what's happening so you may not need to go quite as gingerly and and sort of tentatively as this but often I do um, depending on how activated you are just very very gentle just 
feeling that sense of the possibility, remembering that, remembering that possibility of whatever we're feeling, whatever this experience of the body and the mind is, awareness is here, awareness is here. So again, you can see that that you could abide, linger with that for quite a while, simply acknowledging. So we've, we've stopped, we've done the S, we're doing some of the A, acknowledging. And then at some point, if it feels helpful and we're ready, we can shift to focus. And again, not in a, a really narrow way, I would suggest but with a sense of, okay, within all of this, you know, let's be receptive to either the sense of the breathing or the sense of the body, the body's contact with the ground, maybe the feet on the floor, the bottom on the chair or cushion. Hmm. So again, tuning the interest and say, okay, in the whole field of experience, just for right now, just for a little while, let me be receptive to the experience of the body. Body sitting, it's posture, it's contact. And within that, the breathing. Whichever part of that feels most helpful for you. Not trying to push away any other experience, but just feeling the pull of other you know, thoughts or sensations or or sounds, or just saying, okay, just for now, let's, let's feel the body. Let's be interested in feeling the body and the contact with the ground. Or the gentle movement of the breathing. Again, you could linger with that for a long time or even, yeah, just for a few moments. And then when you're ready, just again, gently letting go of that highlighted sense of the body and opening and expanding. So we're into the E of safe, expand. Begin to sense, sense of the whole body, the whole field of experience, the space around you, 
be the room you're in or if you're outside the space there. Opening to sounds. And then if you haven't already got your eyes open, just opening the eyes gently and opening to the experience of seeing. Maybe resting the focal point gently somewhere in front of you. The sense of opening and the mind expanding into the whole space of the room. Seeing objects hearing sounds, noticing whatever is experienced. And just as we come to the end of this short guided meditation, just to just want to highlight or point out something that's been helpful for me to notice is that in connecting with what is here, we are connecting with all of life. Connecting with the sounds, sights, sensations, feelings, thoughts. We are connecting with all of life. So as I continue um, with some reflections on the refuges and precepts, really invite you to stay really centered and grounded in a sense of your own presence and I'm feeling that ground and the space around you as you listen and receive your experience. So I would like to uh, chant the refuges for you or with you, depending on whether you feel like joining in. And some of you know these refuges very well and some of you don't. And I particularly wanted to offer this because uh, over the four and a half years I've been teaching here, we've, we've chanted the, the, the homage, the the refuges and the precepts before every talk. So um, I hope for some of you that will be meaningful and supportive. Um, and before we do that, just want to make a little bit of space to for us to reflect on the meaning of refuge. Any, any, um, like for me, I think the little meditation we just did 
is really my principal way into refuge, a sense of kind of the shelter or the, the space of the protective quality of awareness, of dhamma, of uh, wisdom. Uh, So, you know, and it's different for each of us, the meaning. So I really commend you to your own understanding um, of the refuges and what they mean to you. And maybe just we can really... Um, allow that to be a support to us something we touch into every day in the morning or at some point during the day um, as a again a way of orienting this this theme of different ways of orienting ourselves, yeah towards something that is good wholesome supportive in the midst of wherever we are, and of whatever is happening. Um, So the Buddha, what meanings, what resonances, this great being who, as as you know, those of you who know the Forest Refuge, a beautiful Buddha Rupa statue behind me, touching the earth, that such a beautiful, uh, expression of serenity, groundedness, happiness. Yeah. So maybe for some of us, the the figure, the person of the Buddha is a real. That's real to us. That's a relationship we've developed over time. And perhaps for some of us, not so much. But we can still connect with that sense of awake. That's what Buddha means, I think, (laughs) in Pali, that language, close to the language the Buddha used. One who is awake and that sense of something in us that is, is drawn to that, inspired by that kind of, sense of the real possibility and potential of the human heart to to awaken and to to life Um, to be liberated from all that obscures clear seeing compassion that possibility that potential So taking time maybe to remember that is true for each of us. Mm. Or Dhamma, Dharma, the the teachings, or the truth of the way the way things are, the truth that can be known by us directly through our practice, through the qualities of mindfulness and concentration equanimity, investigation, calm, energy, joy. It's a truth that can be known directly. In our own experience, here and now, inviting investigation, 
and Sangha. Again, can be understood in different ways, community of awakened beings, those great teachers, past and present, who embody great degrees of wisdom and compassion, inspiring us, encouraging us, showing us that this is possible, telling us don't give up. The great community of practitioners, past and present, all of us who aspire to live with wisdom and compassion, to find freedom of heart, peace that passes understanding. And One meaning of Sangha that I find, again, for me as a felt sense, as a a meaning that really resonates for me is a sense of connection and belonging. Uh, Belonging on the earth and the whole community of beings or the, the wholeness of life, life itself. Sense of belonging. So um, as we chant them, I encourage you to feel and find your own uh, meaning. Um, I uh, this morning came up with a little potted version for anybody who would like. Um, This this kind of works for me. But, you know, again, you can find your own ways of connecting and aware of this connection. So Buddha, aware, Dhamma, of this, Sangha, connection. So if while we're chanting the Pali, you don't really want to join in, maybe you can just chant that, um, or just listen as you wish. Yeah, aware of this connection. So the ref it's really one refuge. Yeah, so one it's not really three, it's one. Yeah. Or the three jewels multifaceted. Just to reflect on them I find uplifting. Interesting. That's one of the great supportive qualities of of Dhamma theme. So um before I, I chant, and you can join in or not as you wish, I just really want to highlight and suggest that you can make sound, chanting, singing, humming, um, hearing, resonating, the sound, the sound I think can heal the body, be very uplifting to the heart and especially if it carries an authentic, real, beneficial intention. It it resonates through the mind, the heart in a helpful way and of course sound. It knows no real boundaries. It goes out. So whether it's this chant or another one. 
And so long as your neighbours don't mind too much. <laughs> mm. Okay, so I'm going to chant these uh, refuges in Pali, the Pali language. Those of you who don't know, Buddham, Saranam, Gachami. So I take refuge in the Buddha. And Dhammam, Saranam, Gachami. Take refuge in the Dhamma. Sangam, Saranam, Gachami. Take refuge in the Sangha. And then um, we chant it again, beginning with Dutyampi, which means for the second time. And then for a third time, beginning with Tatyampi. Maybe I'll chant this every week, so those of you who want to can, can learn it. But uh, just for now, again, um, feeling your whatever sense you have of, of the meaning. It might even be a wordless sense of just a love of the teachings, a love of the practice, and the deep longing for liberation, and deep wish for peace. Buddham Saranam Gachami Dhammam Saranam Gachami Sangam Saranam Gachami Dutyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Dutyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Dutyampi Sangam Saranam Gachami Tatyampi Buddham Saranam Gachami Tatyampi Dhammam Saranam Gachami Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami. So, um, the last part of, of this talk, um, I'd like to offer some reflections on the precepts, the five ethical precepts that we chant here, often after the refuges, that is a way of affirming and strengthening and remembering our commitment to training in non-harming. And how these precepts can be an ongoing training, well, need to be an ongoing training, and also an exploration, field of inquiry. Oh, how, what does it mean for me here and now, in the meditation, in my life, in the midst of the pandemic, in working, in relating, 
what does it mean to train in uh, non-harming, refraining from harming living beings, including ourselves. So this is, um, again, potentially, I, I think we could spend the whole month just exploring these precepts, practicing with them, and deepening our sense of their meaning and their teachings and how supportive they are and how challenging and how revealing. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about them, write, wrote about them somewhere as being five mindfulness trainings. Another teacher described them as uh, alerting us to danger zones. I was like, be careful here. Um, there's some potholes you could fall into. Um, yeah, or crystallizations of wisdom. I'm going to share with you a short piece from Thich Nhat Hanh. The five mindfulness trainings represent the Buddhist vision for a global spirituality and ethic. They are a concrete expression of the Buddha's teachings on the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path the path of right understanding and true love leading to healing, transformation and happiness for ourselves and the world. And so just there's a great breadth and depth and power here. And I know that for many people and for myself, there can continue to be a you know, this can be uncomfortable because it can reveal some ways in which we perhaps, you know, even very slight forms of aggression or ill will are revealed. And my hope is that we learn more and more to be glad to see that. Ah, because there's another opportunity there to, ah, this is not, something to follow, this is something to let go of, this is not leading to happiness from myself or another. Ah, yeah, so, so, so easy for it to mm, somehow become a judgment, I'm not good enough, oh my goodness me, I should have got rid of all my ill will by now, or various kinds of, of, oh, this is some ideal I've been told that I've got to be, and all these unhelpful um, sort of reactions and responses that can happen. So I think there's a real, for me, an ongoing interest in regularly reflecting on these in order to really understand more and more deeply and to feel them as gifts and as um, something beautiful, something that brings happiness in so many ways to ourselves and others. Um, and and a very important way of, way of uplifting the mind and the heart. So one thing I wanted to mention at this point is encouragement, um, the practice r- r- recollecting sila, your own or others, that at this time when there's so much suffering and uncertainty, there is also so much goodness. And that's always been true in one way or another. So much suffering and unskillfulness and 
so much love, compassion and generosity. So to this I think will be a theme I'll be picking up on again and again this month of, of taking in the good, of turning towards that which is uplifting for the mind and the heart. You know, noticing, remembering, uh, recognizing goodness. You know, we can remember or we can, maybe you've heard wonderful stories so far of people, such great acts of kindness. And I have a sense of that's going on now in so many ways, in so many places, a kind of heroic kindness you know, is, is being called forth, whether it's towards ourselves or our children or our frail relative, whether it's, you know, in the work that we continue to do. And there's so much goodness and it's so helpful to remember that and to um, feel nourished by that. And sila, this Pali word for morality or ethical sensitivity, sila, S-I-L-A, is is uh, referred to by the Buddha at some point as uh, the fragrance of a beautiful flower. And as spring comes and the flowers come, it's like, yeah, we can celebrate goodness, celebrate beauty, Celebrate truth and it will sustain our mind and help form the basis of wise and compassionate thoughts, words and deeds. Sense of valuing ourselves and others. This is be one way of understanding or engaging in this I I value you I value you looking at a being a tree an animal remembering a person a place the sun the moon I value you I value you and I value myself So there's a little potted <clears throat> sila practice. I value you. I value myself. And the you could be anything or anybody. <clears throat> the sense of the natural, the naturalness, the sort of almost yeah, innate quality of, of human beings and I don't know maybe in some ways all sentient beings um, of, of concern for the welfare of others it's something so natural and that by um, practicing with the precepts one, one way you could understand it is really you're just gradually clearing the way <laughs> clearing clearing the way for the natural care and sensitivity to come forth. Yeah. 
and letting it flow, letting it express itself again appropriately, um, responsive to yeah conditions. Okay, so I'm going to share um, a version of the the five precepts I put together, very much inspired by a version of uh, put together by Stephanie Kaza. So th- thanks to her, and um, uh, it 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 takes each of the five precepts and breaks them into two parts: one what we refrain from, and one what we cultivate what we bring into being or allow (laughs) allow to unfold and um, I will pause and I will repeat each line twice so that if you want to you can join in the second time the, the, the repeated And may this be for you, uh, again, as you wish, as feels appropriate for you, an opportunity to recommit or re-offer your life, your practice for the benefit of all beings. To offer your practice in the service of the cultivation of, of care, of wisdom, from a deep wish that beings be well, from a deep wish to um, care for ourselves and others, um, and to to um, so that that can be a support to us in whatever the conditions of our body, our mind our life, or the world. And again, just to touch back into that great vision of Thich Nhat Hanh, whatever future there may be for us, for others, you know, for the earth, may it be a vision and, and a manifestation of these great principles of non-harming, and of care. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to protect life. So you can say it with me if you wish. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to protect life. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice compassionate action. Again, repeating that with me if you wish. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice compassionate action.
Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to take only what is freely offered. Again, repeating, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to take only what is freely offered. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice contentment and generosity. So repeating, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice contentment and generosity. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to avoid sexual misconduct. And repeating, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to avoid sexual misconduct. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice responsibility in all my relationships. Again, repeating. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice responsibility in all my relationships. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from unwise speech. Again repeating. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from unwise speech. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice speech that is useful, true, timely, and rooted in goodwill. And repeating. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice speech that is useful, true, timely, and rooted in goodwill. And the last precept. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking intoxicants that lead to heedlessness. Repeating. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to refrain from taking intoxicants that lead to heedlessness. And lastly, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice caring for this body and mind. Repeating, knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the training to practice caring 
for this body and this mind. So as we come to the end of these reflections and this talk, we're just pausing together, feeling your body, your heart, your mind. Knowing that when you connect with your experience, you're connecting with all life, everywhere. Wishing for you the refuge of awareness, the refuge of love, the refuge of the the deep wisdom that is in all of us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.